Hello Jubilee and welcome to our Sunday morning celebration and a warm welcome to you if you've joined us here for the first time. My name is Sarush and I'm one of the elders here at Jubilee. I do hope you're all keeping safe and well. If you haven't visited us before on a Sunday morning, please do join in with us once we're able to get back together in person, whenever that may be. We have tea and coffee and a variety of donuts on offer. The donuts include custard, jam and sometimes even But more importantly, you'll receive a warm welcome and feel the presence of God. And until then, please do join in with us online. We'll continue today with looking into a passage from the Bible. We'll also have some material on our website for children. And really hope you enjoy them. They're for adults too. The passage we're going to read today is from the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Let's read it together. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Praise God for his word. Praise God that his word is alive. And praise God that we have access to his word. What we just read in these verses they're all great things, aren't they? You may think that even without Christ, these are all virtues to have. But the Bible goes way deeper than just helping us with a set of moral codes and ethical standards and points to a place where all problems find their root. Over the past few weeks, we've been looking at each of the fruits of the Spirit mentioned in these verses. And today, we'll be looking at the last one, self-control. Let me tell you a story. One Sunday morning at Jubilee, when learning about self-control at one of the kids' work sessions, one of the children had said something along the lines of, Sarush needs to have more self-control when he goes to a supermarket because he always buys lots of chocolates. When I heard this, two things came to my mind. Firstly, that we shouldn't send our kids to kids' work at Jubilee because they learn really good stuff. Secondly, I disagree with our little friend here because it involves chocolate, and chocolate is exempt. Now I know just like me, you think those two things as well. But what is self-control? We know that it wasn't something new um, but at the time when Paul was writing the letter. It wasn't something new that came up at, around the time of the New Testament. Plato and Aristotle listed among their four virtues, along with justice, wisdom, and courage. The Persian poet Rumi puts it this way, the intelligent desire self-control, children want candy. The guy really knew his stuff, didn't he? Well, as we read from the passage in Galatians, it's listed as one of the fruits of the Spirit. We also read in Proverbs chapter 16, better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. This is what the Bible says about self-control. Controlling yourself is more impressive than one of the hardest military tasks. Defeating the enemy beyond is hard. Subduing the enemy within is harder. To put it simply, do you make the same resolution every year? The very concept of self-control implies that there is a battle between a divided self. It implies that our self 
produces desires we should not satisfy, but instead control or deny. In the Bible, there are a number of examples of people who exercise great self-control, or at times the lack of it, particularly in their distinct roles as leaders. There are the likes of Daniel, who perseveres in what God had called him to, despite all the difficulties, because he had faith that this was what God had intended for him. And then we read in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, And whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure. If you've read the accounts of Solomon's life in the Bible, you know that he's perfectly honest here. David, Solomon's father, a great leader and anointed man. Yet, he doesn't practice self-control at times where he has to. He committed adultery and tried to hide it. Now, as someone who was born into a Muslim family and grew up in a Muslim nation, I was shocked to read the accounts of the lives of people in the Bible who committed some really wicked acts. Those who didn't exercise any self-control in the written accounts. Wasn't it shameful for these to be included in the Holy Scripture? I still have to remind myself that there is only one who is holy. We can present the people in the Bible through a rose-tinted glass and elevate them, but that is where we go wrong, covering the darkness of our hearts rather than addressing the issue. In Mark chapter 2, Jesus says that those who are unwell need a doctor and that he came to call the sinner. Jesus didn't train his disciples for three years to learn special techniques on self-control, but he created a community within which his spirit works and bears fruit in the lives of those who believe in him. What the Bible doesn't say is that with self-control we're all sorted, but rather this fruit is an evidence that God is victorious. You'd be glad to know that self-control is not self-dependent. I'm really sorry to break this news to you if you've been trying hard on your own. The fruit of self-control that flourishes in the life of a believer through the work of the Holy Spirit is beyond following a set of moral codes or certain ethical values. According to the Bible, it's not something we can have or achieve on our own. Philip Greenslade, a Bible teacher, says, we live in a world where even the idea of self-control seems an unwarranted infringement of our liberties. Think about it for a few minutes. Think about talking about self-control to your neighbours and friends and how they may react. A characteristic of genuine self-control is that it is not the same as relying on yourself and working up the willpower to control yourself. Instead, self-control is a gift given to us by the Holy Spirit through faith in Jesus Christ. It's a product of being connected to God, living with him daily and growing in him. And as you walk with him, the gift grows with you. The gift comes about through a life that is rooted in God. Psychologist Walter Mischel, also known as the Marshmallow Man, designed the marshmallow test. It was designed for preschoolers who sat at a table with cookies on it. The kids could pick up their own treats, whatever they wanted. If they resisted eating anything for 15 minutes, 
they got two quickies. Otherwise, they just got one. If you know me well, and if I was sat at the table, you know how many I would get. Michelle suggests that the children who succeeded in turning their back on the quickies pushed it away. They were pretending it's something non-edible, like a piece of wood. Instead of staring down at the cookie, they transformed it into something with less of a throbbing pull on them. He claims that if you change how you think about things, their impact on what you feel and do changes. Some may think that this is self-deception, while others think it may be a good place to start. But the Bible has more to say to us than pure diversion of thought. Turn your eyes and attention, of course, but not to a mere diversion, but to the source of true change and real power that is outside yourself. The key to self-control is not inward, but upward. We will then be able to see self-control as a great blessing rather than a burden that seems legalistic. It stands against the lies of our own hearts as well as those of Satan. We read in 2 Corinthians, take every thought captive to obey Christ. Because it's our thoughts that need to come under control first. The original sin happened in mind and heart, or lev, as it was called in ancient Hebrew, where decision-making happens, before it was committed physically. Sin loads boundaries, preferring instead to follow its own desires. The consequence of pursuing these desires is that we're always misled, condemned, unsatisfied and deluded by our ungodly passion. That's why self-control emerges as a blessing rather than a legalistic burden. Self-control also points to a perfect kingdom. We read in Proverbs 25, A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. It's only in light of the grace of God that we can see self-control as a gift and fruit at work in people who've been transformed. Otherwise, it just remains a hopeless act of self-reformation. And if you've been trying that, I'm going to encourage you to look up to Christ rather than trying on your own. The Apostle Paul encourages us to meditate on the grace to come, to remind ourselves of the realities of the future and what we're going to have in the future. When the scripture calls us to be vigilant in our battle with sin, it often directs our attention to the future and what's about to come because it always helps to set our gaze on what we're going to have in the future. Perhaps you're undecided about Jesus, who he is and what you think of him. Let me ask you, who or what do you put your hope in? I encourage you to sign up to our upcoming Alpha course where you can explore this and ask any questions you may have. Explore for yourself whether the person of Jesus and his words are true and can be relied upon. Many religions say you must do, you must do. But Jesus said, it is done. Receive him, rest in him, follow him and be a transformed person for his kingdom and glory. 
going back to looking into the grace to come, it reveals our true destiny. The battle with sin is hard, but one day it will be over. Bernard, Christian author, referring to the parable of the wise and the foolish builder, says, the house that crashes is the house of Christians who find Jesus' word important enough to hear, but not realistic enough to live. So whether you think you've got it all, or struggling, the answer is the grace of God in Jesus Christ. It's self-control found in and given by him that leads to freedom and flourishing. I'd like to end with this passage from 2 Peter chapter 1. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Have a wonderful week, Jubilee, and God bless you all.